0: Welcome to the Behind the Service Podcast. Okay, listeners, thanks for. Tuning into Behind the Service, and we have a guest here, Jessica Manfrey. Jessica is a licensed social worker, author, and chief financial officer of the nonprofit Inspire Up. She holds a master's of social work degree from the University of Central Florida and a bachelor of science in psychology from Northwestern State University. Jessica is the proud wife of a U.S. Coast Guardsman, Scott, and a mom of two children, Anthony and Reagan. When she isn't working, or with her family, she finds that she's drinking too much coffee and her nose is buried into a book. And so why you wrote a book, right? (laughs) I love that. Exactly. A woman after my own heart. I love to drink coffee and I love to read. So (laughs) it makes me happy. So Jessica, you just wrote a book called Never Alone, the story of Ruth, the modern military spouse and the God who goes with us. And so when is that going to be released? And talk about that process. Is this your first book that you've written?
1: So this book will actually be on shelves everywhere March 7th. You can pre-order it pretty much anywhere up until then. And I did do one other book. It was a compilation of stories that I did with 19 other military spouses back in 2020. And that was super fun, right? We self-published it. We had a great time doing it. And it was a really fun way to share what it's like behind the curtain, if you will. The process for this one was completely different. With the first book, I was only writing two chapters of it and we were all doing it together, funding it together, going through the process of having to pitch your idea to a publisher and hope that they say yes and navigating writing it and then the editing process. This whole thing started in late 2020. I started writing probably the summer of 2021, and it's like we're just now seeing it be published. But it's been a beautiful experience. Moody is wonderful. They have such incredible leadership over there and mentors that are willing really to hold your hand and walk you through it. And I'm one of those writers that doubts myself constantly. Everything's a dumpster fire. It's This is terrible. Nobody's going to want to read it. And they were just fantastic for feedback and just holding my hand. <laughs>
0: I love the story of Ruth. I think it's a beautiful story. There's so many biblical principles and life principles that you can pull out of the book of Ruth. And if people are unfamiliar with the book of Ruth, it is in the Old Testament. And so if you go to the Old Testament, you can search for the book of Ruth and read that story of her life. And then also that she is from the lineage of Jesus Christ. She, She had... She married, I don't really want to go into the book, the whole book of Ruth, but she is from the lineage of Christ. And so I, I just think that's such a beautiful thing to be able to pull out to and to know that he was. So here's a question. How do biblical teachings relate to active duty spouses, get military caregivers and their families?
1: I think there's so many ways. And when I was developing the proposal for, I, I knew that no matter what, I wanted to write a book on loneliness. That was a given. I felt, especially what we had walked through with the pandemic, it was an experience that we as military spouses and families had been feeling for a very long time, long before the pandemic. And so I just felt like it was a topic that needed to be exposed, if you will. And when I was thinking about, okay, what am I going to pull biblically from the Bible to infuse into this topic? And I immediately went to Ruth. Like there's, you can find so many stories within the Bible that can relate to our life and grant us inspiration, encouragement, all that. But Ruth, I just felt the tails off for Naomi, the moving away from support, the finding that friend in Ruth and her, someone who of pagan descent somehow became her anchor for faith, for carrying on. I think it just describes so many beautiful friendships that we develop as spouses because we don't have family, right? There's no other options, but what a blessing, right? Yes, you are removed. From your foundation, but you're given a new one, and so this one spoke to me the most, and I felt like it was the most, it was the most beautiful story of the Bible that I could use for this particular
0: topic. So, without going into everything that's in the book, because you don't want to ruin it for the readers, what are some biblical principles that you were able to pull out of the Book of Ruth? Because I found so many. Loyalty, friendship, taking care of those in need, loving in times it's hard to love. Those are all, those are all so, you can compare those to the military mm-hmm. lifestyle, but what are some biblical principles that we were able to pull out of that book?
1: I think my favorite is loving kindness, honestly. If anybody's listening and they're familiar with the Giving Tuesday military movement, it's something that myself and a few other military spouses started in 2019. Giving Tuesday is a day of giving. It's always the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. We go from breaking bread and loving on our families to this frenzy of shopping. And, you know, I love a good deal, too, but I love Giving Tuesday because it's a reminder to give. And when they approached us to run the campaign, we knew we wanted to do it based on kindness. Because as a military community, we are all over the globe. We have the capacity to make radical change and save lives. And so that was huge. And that led to developing the nonprofit and all that went with it. But loving kindness is my favorite because you can be, my goodness, in the pit of just going through it. And if you can just get yourself up for a moment and go do something kind for someone else, whether it's anything that calls to your heart, volunteering in an animal shelter, doing something special for foster kids in your community, whatever it is, is—that Boost of happy hormones is usually the motivation that we need to kind of look at our own lives and look at how we can get ourselves out of it. So for me, it's loving kindness. We can pull faith, right? Faith is a big one, like holding steadfast to faith when there doesn't seem to be cause for any. But yeah, loving kindness, that just, it just trumps everything for me. It's so special. Yeah, it is.
0: It is because we need that as a community to be able to come together and support each other with kindness and love and understanding without judgment. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, So talk to me a little bit about your book, Never Alone, the story of Ruth, the modern spouse and the God who goes with us.
1: So first of all, I just want to put it out there. You mentioned earlier when you introduced me so beautifully that I am a
0: licensed social worker.
1: I have had many comments on how can I be a clinician and also be a Christian? And it's disturbing how many times I hear that, to be honest with you. And the answer is really simple. The medical and clinical community knows the deep need for spirituality. Part of my journey in writing this book, as each reader goes through the chapters, the beginning of the chapter, will have a topic that we're unpacking. I reveal some of my own personal struggles and things that I had to go with as it relates to that topic. And then we go into clinical stuff history the first chapter what is loneliness when did it begin to be studied all of these things but i really honed in on the fact that even as a clinician when i'm doing an intake for a client i do a biopsychosocial spiritual assessment because it is important so we may have this separation of things but it's not as separate as we think so the book has let me just open this up here i want to go to my favorite ones There's 11 chapters and each one kind of hones in on something that we go through as it pertains to loneliness. So connection, like how do we forge connections? How do we forge meaningful connections? Because that's another thing that I've brought up with people I've talked about regarding being lonely is that doesn't mean to run out and find as many friends as you can or rush through the process because you can become overwhelmed and sapped of energy by committing to too much as well. But how do we as a community find people who are Christian minded like we are, who, you know, if they have families are raising their families like we are, how do we find that glue that holds us together? And it's not easy. And so I wanted to go line by line on each of those topics. And then we finish each chapter with the book of Ruth. We're literally journeying through Ruth from the very beginning to the end. And I love that because I really think it brings it all together, their story. And I hope it resonates with the readers that find it.
0: We were talking about how mental health and biblical teachings are connected and how you connect those as a licensed social worker and mental health professional. So what do you say to naysayers out there who don't believe that there's, that the Christian faith can have a benefit and the biblical teachings of the Bible, a benefit on our mental health?
1: Believe it or not, I have I actually have friends that are not atheists, but borderline, and we've had some hard conversations, and that's the beauty of friendship, right? You can have those conversations in a safe space. Most of the people that I've interacted with that feel that way or question that way have been harmed by the church. So I never take offense. I take it as a responsibility on my end to show how it should be, right? There's such beauty in our faith. There's such good in our faith. And and then for those that are super scientific minded, I send them the research, especially the research that I put in the book. It's obvious in the midst, I don't know if many people know this, but in the midst of the pandemic, when things were really rough, like early days, people were dying. The most searched thing on Google was prayer.
0: That's beautiful. And so
1: I just, and so I point people to that. Have your beliefs. I will never try and force what I believe on you ever. I'm simply going to show you that there, there's beauty in this. Right? And then, so that's kind well, of how I approach it.
0: And there's beauty in the story, not only the stories of the Bible, but how Christians and people of faith can utilize the teachings of the Word of God in our lives mm-hmm. to be able to heal our mind, heal heal the things that are broken within us. And I just think there's such beauty in those stories.
1: Absolutely. And some of the things that our ancestors have walked through are pretty horrific, right? Mm. The lessons learned, some of them are really hard lessons. And the Bible can be really intimidating for a lot of people. I personally was raised Catholic. And if you've ever been to a Catholic mass, it's very traditional. Stand, kneel, different people are saying different prayers. There's communion, the priest says his thing. But it never really hit home for me, like, understanding it and wanting to study it until I was older, in my late 20s, having children made me want to know more and understand more. I realized that there's such a thing as study Bibles, which give you everything you need to know in context to understand the historical significance of what was occurring. So for people who question are naysayers, I just point them to that and go from there. But I do think that we have a responsibility to do it with grace, because we don't necessarily know what people have walked through. I know what my friends have walked through. I know the harm that the churches that they were attending did to them. And that's, it breaks my heart, right, that, that happens. But I feel like we can correct it one person at a time.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Because we're called to go out into the world and teach the gospel of Christ. Um, guess <laughs> he agrees.
1: I have chickens. In the last podcast I did, my rooster's. Uh-huh. And all my chickens were right here on the porch, just
0: crowing every other word. <laughs> so you're fine. So you have chickens. Did they lay eggs and all that? So you have roosters that, because don't you have to have roosters to lay the eggs or no? Or you can no. have chickens and they don't need that. Yeah.
1: They will just lay. We just happened to get two roosters on the bunch. And because we're on two acres and they free range, uh-huh. the boys keep them safe because we do have a lot of hawks and things like that out here. Uh-huh. But yeah, they keep them safe and they annoy me with their
0: crowing Uh uh-huh that's good though that you have chickens for the price that eggs are right (laughs) yeah let me show you what
1: rich is
0: (laughs) that's right you are rich right now girl (laughs) you got the chickens you are set you can do so many things with eggs very true very true (laughs) (laughs) okay so you um You said that you are part of the Inspired Up Foundation, so you are one of the co-founders. Can you let our listeners know a little bit about that organization and what you guys do there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So in the wake of Giving Tuesday Military, when it was over, we came together and essentially we just realized we didn't want our kindness movement to be based on one day. We wanted it to be something that we could do all year long. And Inspire Up, the name came from our feelings of being responsible for inspiring the next wave of good. We focus specifically on the military and first responder community. We have scholarships that we give away through impact grants. We do in-person events for the community that offer professional, personal growth. We have our Giving Tuesday movement. And then we have a couple of other things that we are the umbrella for. One is discovering your spark. It's run by a phenomenal Air Force spouse and just helps people glean through and figure out who they are. That's a beautiful program. And we don't get paid. Many people think we've been in existence for three years. We must take a salary. We do not get paid. It's almost like our version of tithing for the military community. How can we give back? We have great relationships and we're able to make this impact. And it just fills our heart.
0: That's a great ministry. I was looking into it the other night just to kind of see what you guys were doing. And it's a lot of great things. I, I appreciate what you are doing. With that ministry. So there are pockets of support groups and organizations who support military spouses and their families. How do we as Christians reach them? Mm. Oh, I've never been asked that before. I love that. It's, it's so diverse. The military community is so diverse. And like it you were really talking is. about earlier, we need to share the gospel with grace and love and not shoving it down people's throats, right? Or them, ma- them feeling mm-hmm. like we're shoving it down their throats. But how do we as Christians go into our community of our military communities and share the gospel of Christ with them without, without offending?
1: I think step one would be being welcoming and in a true way and what I mean by that is no empty platitudes of like how are you doing or raise your hand if you're a military family there's so much more to that we experienced that ourselves with our last move we were in Illinois we had a wonderful church family actually but there was still quite a few experiences that I remember of just feeling like they were standoffish right everybody has their established relationships and here you are coming in, and you're temporary. Most people don't want to open their hearts to that, and I think they're doing the biggest disservice, right? When we talk about the Word and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're moving all over the world. What better opportunity could there be to make that happen than through us? And the encouragement that I would give to Christians is, please really open your arms. When you ask how we're doing and you're checking in on us, mean it. Don't be empty with the questioning. Because sometimes you might not like the answer. Sometimes everything's falling apart and our houses are on fire, the husband's gone, everything's breaking, and we really just need someone to sit with us. Not that they can fix it all, but yeah, that's what I would say. Be true and opening your heart.
0: Yeah. What do you feel like is one of the biggest gaps that we face as military spouses today? So you are active duty a military active duty spouse right now. What is a gap that you're seeing? I know that I'm this is we're going more over into not your book, <laughs> but I just want to get your I want to get your opinion and your perspective on that because there are still biggest struggles. Yeah.
1: The biggest struggle from what I'm witnessing employment has always been up there on the list, finding employment, but that's getting better. I think if anything, the pandemic showed us how remote work can work and save people money They're not having to maintain offices and such. So I, I see that that's improving. But then there's reliable quality childcare. My husband can't not go to work. Our daughter happens to be sick today that I'm recording with you and I'm home with her and I have to make it work. So finding that reliable childcare is a must. There are certain areas where it just doesn't exist and that's a lot of times what the spouses don't work because they don't have anybody that they can leave their children with. And then you're faced with financial insecurity, food insecurity, and all of that. So I would say that's the biggest gap. And I am not a big thinker when it comes to overarching plans of the military. I would never pretend to be a solution maker, but my thought is if you're going to, you know, I'll take the community that we live in for an example, where we're at in Camden County, North Carolina is beautiful. It's growing. People from Virginia are wanting to live down here. It's countryside, it's farms, building all these homes but we only have one high school, we only have one middle school, and we only have one elementary school. There's not enough in- infrastructure in place to support the population growth that they're trying to sustain with all these business developments. So same thing with the military. That's what I would say to leadership is if you're going to put a base or create jobs somewhere, you need to make sure that it can sustain those families because we're not pawns on our chessboard. We're living, breathing human beings. And I have great respect for military leadership. I had a a wonderful relationship with our former vice commandant, Admiral Ray. And he said something to me that really spoke. He said, if we don't take care of the family, pretty soon we're not going to have a family. And so that's what I would say. The gaps are there. I think there's certain things that are improving. Certainly in my time, I've been with my husband. We've been married 15 years now, so I've seen it. I've seen the improvements, but there's always room for more.
0: And then going even further onto that, your active duty, I'm a veteran spouse. So if it's not done before you're leaving the service and you don't have the direction and guidance before you leave the service, it spills on over into the veteran community and the veteran Mm -hmm. caregiver community. We're seeing veteran caregivers who are struggling with mental health and just physical issues and different things like that. If you don't get that base before you leave, I mean, it's common sense that it's going to happen when you're out of the service, right? So it is something that needs to could be addressed. I go on a whole tangent girl. with you. I know, um, girl. Um, yes. <laughs> and maybe, maybe we could have that conversation at a later time oh, about yeah. that, of that transition, transitioning mm-hmm. for the family member from active to veteran status because it wow. is so tough, so tough. And if you don't have those support structures in place, success sometimes isn't easy <laughs> to attain achieve right in health yeah
1: no it's rough and again happy to speak on that because i've witnessed friends go through it and it is not a good time And that's one of the reasons why if you read the introduction to the book this was written for the military and veteran spouse veterans, boss. veterans are going through these things um that i go through chapter by chapter in my book and maybe they aren't presently going through them but they did and that carries a weight. and if it's never been unpacked that causes a lot of harm but i also quite literally say this book is also for our civilian friends because we deeply need you. The majority of us are living in the community. They think we live in base housing, but 80% are out on the economy. And so we need you to see us and be there for us.
0: Yep, I agree. I think it's a beautiful thing when military spouses can come in and fill the gaps. Like you you and your friends saw a gap and you founded the Inspired Up Foundation and I just I think it's a beautiful thing that that we can fill those gaps and stand in our beliefs as Christians and try to make a difference. And it encourages me that I'm not alone in that and knowing that Jesus Christ is always walking beside us, no matter where we are, whether uh, our husbands are deployed and we're back at home waiting for them to return or whether we're now transitioning out of the military or whether we're out of the military now currently is to know that we aren't walking alone in this journey. And it is a hard journey as a military spouse, but it's one that I'm very proud to walk in, right? As a military spouse, we are very proud to be serving our country and our our husbands, our wives, our brothers, our sisters sacrifice their lives so that we can live out that faith and that we can bring the word of God to other people. And I just think it's a beautiful thing. So military spouses, I believe, are just like the backbone of the family. But listeners, I want you to go over to Amazon and pre-order Jessica's book, Never Alone, Ruth, the Modern Military Spouse and the God Who That Goes With Us. Because God never does leave us, right? He always makes mm-hmm. a way in the wilderness. I want you to check out our podcast that we have over at the Behind the Service Network, Peace After Combat the Optimal Response Initiative, and the Freedom Sister Show on all your favorite podcast platforms. Each one's unique in its own way, but all with a Christian-based faith perspective. And they're all so good. Make sure you leave a review, subscribe, and share with a spouse or a veteran caregiver who might need another tool in their toolbox. And if you go over to womenandwarrior.com, you can sign up for Bible studies that we have there. And we just are finishing up Summoned and Megan had written that. We're just finishing up that one and then we will begin a new one in April, I believe. So, Jessica, I appreciate that you have been here today with me to share your heart and uh, the reasons why you wrote the book regarding Ruth and her story and how that relates to our military spouses. Until next time, remember spouses, you aren't alone and God does go with us wherever we go. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.